Welcome to the Side Action Podcast, the sports gambling show that covers everything in the world of sports betting from A through Z. We'll cover the four major sports as well as anything and everything in between worth some action and we'll increase the size of your bankroll. And here we go. In episode three of season four, my name is Jim Weglars, a.k.a. Weggs. You can follow me at Wegspool on Twitter and Instagram. And this is Steve Roberts, a.k.a. Action. You can follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. Follow the podcast, The Side Action Pod, on Twitter. So, Action, we had the big trip to Vegas. Um, and we didn't get the massive roll that we're used to out of you, but we did you know, win some money at the end there and, and certainly got into the contest and joined Stadium Swim. It was a, it was a fun trip. Yeah, another enjoyable trip to the desert. No massive rolls, but I think we had a f- couple of mediocre ones that when added together, you could argue was a successful uh, dice excursion. And uh, we had some good football picks, too. I, I think between you and me and Art, we all had some great winners, both in the books and then also in the contest, which we'll talk about later. Yeah, so our, our other guys, Primetime, Art Murphy and uh, Night Range and Paul Dempsey were with us in this trip. Um, Dempsey's like one of these high roller slot guys. He's a $100 slot guy. He's just trying to hit the big jackpot, which he's done. And he got to get the you know, limo picking him up at the airport, taking him to Circa. And that got us a couple free entries into the pool, which was nice. And then Primetime, uh, you know, he was... He was rolling that first time. I think the first time we had the tables, maybe not at Paris. It was probably the next day at Circa. He was he was red hot. Of course, he left the table as soon as he got that money, which was funny. Um, <laughs> Art is always the prudent gambler for sure. He is. He is. And then um, of course we were, you know, you know, I had that late roll, which I regret not betting the repeater. At least I put money in your pocket. You know, hitting the eights and nines. You know, just crushing those for a while on the the documented short table at. Uh, <laughs> What was it called? What's the place called? O'Shea's. O'Shea's is part of Lincoln. Classic degenerate spot. Back in the day, it used to be like super rundown and like there would be 20 and a half year olds in there gambling and drinking and playing <laughs> beer pong. They rebuilt it and it's a little bit nicer, but still fun. Yeah, we had a good time. We definitely had a good time. That last roll was fun. And then and then obviously primetime took us to Mr. Chow's, which is a really nice place um, besides the kind of freaky roof thing of the the ceiling thing that was coming down, the food was excellent, the, the Peking duck. But I don't know about you, Action. Uh, my stomach was stuffed when I hit that plane between all the booze we drank and, and that duck on the end. But, you know, you go home fat and happy, I guess. Yeah, definitely. The duck helped me fall asleep as soon as I got on the plane. So that was certainly an added bonus to what was a wonderful meal. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll definitely do it again next year. Maybe we'll see if we'll do it on the March Madness trip. But we are going to win the million dollars, so maybe there'll be another trip, which, as I'm telling everybody, they're like, yeah, you take us out there. Sure, we'll do yeah. a whole trip with a bunch with all of our listeners. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> so we did enter the contest. Uh, obviously, we entered at Circa for the first time, the actual uh, resort casino there. And you've already noted that 21 of our participants, which they got over 4,000, what was it, like 4,047 or something like that, some weird number. Is that right? So they did 40, get the over. 4087, close. Okay, yeah, 87, 4087. But 21 came out of the gates, did not make their picks, which is <laughs> hilarious. And we had discussed that these guys are not eligible for the uh, booby prize of 100 grand because you have to make picks every week to be eligible for that. Um, so they're starting at a disadvantage. And then the survivor pool, which did not get 
all the way to the overlay. There's actually a huge overlay there. We say well, about $1.8 million. Mm-hmm. They didn't get to the $6 million. Uh, there were eight entries that did put in survivor picks. So those guys are outright eliminated, right? Correct. Dunzo burned $1,000 right out of the gate. Hey, you know, why not? You know, we could do that at the crafts table if we were. <laughs> True. Uh, but, yeah, so it's exciting. We'll get into the contest a little bit more where we're at. But, um, you know, definitely, you know, we're, we're in it. We're ready to go. This is what we're talking about all NFL season. So, you know, let's let's just jump right into it. Right, Action? Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about this first week of the NFL. Huge week for the dogs. The dogs were barking all week. We hit some money lines in there as well when we were at Circa and uh, also at Caesars. The underdogs, you had charted at 12 and 4 on the week. I think at 11 and 5, depends on what you have the number. But the bottom line, a domination by the dogs and the unders, 9 and 7 for the week, as well as road teams, 9 and 6 against the spread this week. So, I mean, that's just incredible uh, action for first for the first week. Yeah, it's kind of interesting to see that the underdogs fared so well. It makes you wonder if uh, the home team, obviously the home teams were a little bit overvalued. I think you and I mm-hmm. talked last week about what we thought home field advantage might look like this season with fans finally back into the stands. And it's pretty clear that it still might not be to pre-COVID levels in terms of like historically we always thought about it as being three points right and uh perhaps the uh the home field advantage isn't quite what it once was right I think the other thing too is you know you look at a lot of teams that traveled this week you had a lot of those NFC West teams that were 4-0 on the weekend you know three of them on the road I believe um you had uh the Steelers got a big win on the road you know Miami too Pretty good teams on the road for the most part. Um, you know, you had, you know, obviously Green Bay was on the road. They got rocked. Uh, but, you know, I think that the books are going to adjust. I think the first week it's hard to figure out. There's not a lot of analytics for anybody, both better and books. So we're all figuring that out. Um, so I don't know. We'll, we'll take that in the next week and see where we go with it. I know you have a general general fit flavor that don't overreact, everybody. Don't overreact. Everyone, right? No one freak out. You mentioned the NFC West going 4-0. I saw on your blog as well, but so did the AFC West. Broncos, Chiefs, Chargers, and Raiders on Monday night came through the back door, kicked it down. That's right. Good point. Good point. Uh, Thanks for reading the blog. Uh, But, yeah, that's a good point. I was thinking I didn't put that the uh, NFC North went Mm. (laughs) 0-4. So, you know, the AFC South might as well be 0-4 between the Jaguars and the Texans. One of them won, but they're both losers in my mind. Yeah, somebody had to win that one. So you've got some highs and lows. You've got the highs, uh, you know, Saints and Jameis. I mean, they destroyed the Packers. I, you know, five touchdown passes for Jameis Winston in 20 attempts action. Mm -hmm. He only had 14 completions in the game. Didn't need to do much because the Packers were so bad in that 38-3 romping of the pack. Yeah, and on the flip side, it makes you wonder, I know you've got them on the lows, but what's wrong with the Packers? We talked about the humidity last week and their trips to Florida being less than impressive historically, and uh, Aaron Rodgers spending all offseason getting married in Hawaii and jumping off waterfalls and all that business. Perhaps he's just not ready to start the season. Yeah. Um, what is not ready to stop or start the season uh, for $100? So, yeah, he was not ready after doing Jeopardy, too. Uh, yeah, good point. I mean, I think that I heard Mike Palm, this is jumping to our lows with Green Bay. I heard that 
in between California and Florida that they are like just they're terrible against with the floor or something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. They've averaged, I think, you know, three points or something in the, ha- in the first half of all their the last six or seven games in California and Florida. So I'm not sure what that means. They're obviously great at home, but I expect them to bounce back this week against the Lions. But yeah, obviously weren't ready to play. And maybe the Saints made a good decision on picking Jacksonville, making it difficult for the, the pack to get there mm-hmm. and not go or, or some other place in Texas or something. Yeah, definitely something to file away. I know they have both Tampa Bay, well, at least Tampa Bay, and maybe Miami on the schedule this year. No, that's not right. It's just Tampa. So. Right, right. Yeah, so you've also noted Chandler Jones, your guy. He had five sacks. The Arizona defense, you know, that was one of our picks, uh, both in the contest and I had that on my card. Uh, you know, Arizona dominated the you know the Titans. It wasn't even a close game, and Kyler Murray was excellent on offense. But Chandler Jones with five sacks, and he dominated. And if that defense can play pretty well, my pick of Arizona making the playoffs looks pretty good. Yeah, they were awesome on Sunday, and it makes me wonder if it was really more about their performance in Arizona, or if Tennessee is just not quite as good as we expected. Yep, agreed, agreed. And you put it on here, Teddy covers. You just mentioned the Broncos covering. They went to uh, the Giants and they covered. They went 27-13 was the win. Teddy covers just keeps getting it done. Um, you know, he actually is on the uh, Chicago Sting fantasy team now. But, uh, yeah, they, they get it done on the road. They look pretty good. They started off slow in that game, but slowly but surely wore down the Giants. And, you know, they I believe they're on the road again this week, aren't they? Yes, that's right, on the road in Jacksonville. Yeah, so it's kind of a, a start, kind of like San Francisco's getting two road, you know, road wins, hopefully. So we'll see. But, um, I mean, Bridgewater, the good thing about him, you know, he obviously had that devastating knee injury, came back from it. The guy's a pro. I mean, the guy's a pro. He's not going to light up the stat sheet, but he's definitely going to get the win and not turn the ball over for the most part. Yeah, and that defense really was the star. I think mm-hmm. the Giants got a late, late touchdown. It was really a much larger score line than the final result. Right. On our lows, I've got Matt Ryan and the Atlanta Falcons. He was the other quarterback at Chicago Sting, by the way. Uh, he's in the, on the bench. They don't score a TD, and they get housed at home by the Eagles. Uh, that was a game we kind of stayed away from because we didn't know what was going to happen. The Eagles' defensive line played great, and really the offensive line played well, too. That that was a, a complete shellacking. I was a little surprised that you know, Miami couldn't – I'm sorry, Atlanta couldn't take care advantage of those corners, but – you know, Matt Ryan, the Falcons look god awful. Yeah, yeah, we touched on it last week. It's really a, not a good offensive line. And I, I know looking at the box score, the Eagles really were getting after Matt Ryan and put him under a lot of pressure. The other thing I plucked out of the recap in that one is that the Falcons didn't really use Kyle Pitts. They drafted right. him high, and he's supposed to be this, you know, otherworldly tight end. And in the red zone, he didn't have a single target on the first possession. And uh, we'll be looking to see if they get him more involved moving forward. He's on a fantasy team, too, and I was high on him, so I hope so. But we'll see. We already mentioned the Packers. We didn't even get a touchdown against the Saints. But we had kind of mentioned how – and I I mentioned this at some point, and we both took them – at least I took them in the money line. I think you might have got on board with the spread. You know, that defensive line for the Saints just dominated the pack, and they really couldn't couldn't get anything going. But it was a little surprising they couldn't even get a, a late score. You did see a Jordan Love sighting in that game. Mm, yeah, late. That's right. I do remember that now. You mentioned it. We were throwing dice at O'Shea, so we're <laughs> intently watching. But uh, right. yeah, 
Aaron Rodgers got sent to the bench, and I think that was just ha- having more to do with the scoreline than anything else. Right, for sure. The last is just the Jags. Uh, you know, they – ouch. I just put ouch. They they had their big shot to start off the season, right, against Houston on the road. Actually, I was kind of looking at Houston this game just because it looked a little fishy, this team getting favored. We didn't actually pick it in the contest. But more importantly, the offense didn't look good. You know, you've noted three interceptions here for Trevor Lawrence, and that's that's one thing. But I just think the offense didn't look like a professional offense. We'll see if they can right the ship. There's a little bit of rumblings that maybe USC is after Urban Meyer mm-hmm. as they uh, Clay Helton, which they should have done, you know, last year. Uh, so I don't know any thoughts on the Jags. Yeah, they stink. <laughs> Actually, uh, the offensive line performed better than I expected when I went back and looked through the box score. They only allowed two sacks and really were at the top of the rankings in terms of offensive line play. So one bright spot that I certainly didn't expect based on the final outcome. Yeah, one of the other things I saw on Twitter, which is shocking, that 37% of the dropbacks for Houston, uh, Tyron Taylor was under pressure Mm -hmm. by the Jags defensive line. So obviously his escapability must have helped in that situation. We barely watched that game. So maybe they're a little underrated and, you know, Hint, hint, I might be looking at them this week, and I know you won't go with me, but but uh, we'll see if they bounce back. Um, you've got some key injuries here. There were a slew of injuries right away. Demarcus Lawrence, I think he had a foot injury. Uh, you know, he's he's going to be out this week, maybe for several weeks. Um, Judy, Jerry Judy, my guy for the Broncos, he's out for at least three weeks. Uh, I think it's more than that, actually, but we'll see with his ankle injury. You've got uh, Jeff Oduka from the Lions. He tore his Achilles defensive back out for the season. Uh, Jason Barrett also out for the season. Was that a is that a knee injury as well? Knee injury yeah, this time. Yeah, ACL for him. Okay, uh, Raheem Mostert is out at least eight weeks for the Niners. You know, enter oh not Trey Sermon. What's the guy's name? Elijah Mitchell. He's yeah, like all, you know all the rage on the waiver wires for fantasy uh, players. You know, I, Trey Sermon was an you know, inactive, a healthy scratch, which was crushing. I didn't have him in the lineup, but you know, kind of weird there. Mm-hmm. You've got Mackay Becton uh, for the Jets. He's an offensive tackle. He's out four to six weeks. That could really hurt them against the uh, Patriots this week. And probably the most important injury in my view, although we'll talk about this, is that the Washington football team lost Ryan Fitzpatrick to a hip, what is it called? Subluxation. Yes, yes, which is basically not quite a dislocation, but it's just slightly out of socket. But he's out for at least three weeks. I think it's going to be more. Uh, Heineke's there. Do you think there's a downgrade between Fitz and Heineke with the game tonight? Yeah, I do. I, I mean, we all remember last season in the playoffs when Taylor Heineke really ripped through the Buccaneers in that memorable playoff game. But I do think that he's at least one and a half or two points worse than Fitzpatrick. Um, right. He, we only saw like one or two drives out of Fitz on Sunday afternoon, but they were moving the ball. And, and really Heineke did too, I will add. It was really the late fumble by Antonio Gibson that did us in in that one. Yeah, when you fumble at your own four-yard line or something or whatever it was, that's a bad that's a bad look. Um, well, let's go over kind of initial power rankings. Later in the season, I'll have the Wegs Index, kind of you know my metrics, and then we always also review the DVOA, which is the uh, what is that again? The what does the D stand for? Defense adjusted. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. we got to look it up for next week. We'll have that next week. That's basically, you hear that all the time, DVOA, DVOA. But it's basically where people are against each other, you know, with usually yards per play or something. 
Um, I, you know, I've got the rankings as Chiefs one. You could argue whether the Bucks are one two, but I thought the game was a little closer. Chiefs had to come back. You got one and two. Chiefs one, Bucks two. I got the Saints at the three. It may, it may be a big stretch, but you know, Jameis certainly had a great game, and we know their defense. I had the Cardinals at four, Rams five, and Steelers six. This is week one. We don't know where it's going to go. What do you think of that list? I think it's a pretty good list. I, I was wondering when I saw you put this on here. So this is off Weg's top of head list. Yeah, it's just okay. off the top of my head. There was like no it. no metrics at all. Yeah, I, I mean, I think at first blush, I would see the Cardinals at four as being a little bit overrated right now. It was a fantastic performance against Tennessee, and we backed them and got the W there. But I I believe that Tennessee is probably worse than the Cardinals are that much higher or elite. So right. that would be the one team that I would put a question mark next to on the list. Others, I think, are spot on. Yeah, when you kind of, kind of compare that to DVOA, and you say with priors, so this is kind of with their pre their preseason ranking mm-hmm. factor. Yeah, for the first four five weeks, Football Outsiders uses the last season metrics as a percentage of the ratings, and then every week that goes by, they bring it down a little bit to at some point at week five, they completely get rid of all of past season numbers, and they're looking forward completely into 2021. And yeah. it is defense adjusted value over average DVOA. There you go. There you go. So it's got the Bucks at one, Chiefs at two, like we said. It's still got the Ravens in there, which obviously has more to do with last year than this year. Mm-hmm. Rams, Seahawks, and Saints. So and I can see the Seahawks, they had a great game against the Colts. You know, they they played really well. The Ravens, you know, we can talk about their game. They blew it. You know, up fourteen points. The, you know, obviously eventually the Raiders just started throwing it all over the yard and could not stop them. It was really a fun Monday night game. We'll talk about that in a minute when we get to the, the big game this week, but kind of a letdown for the Ravens there. And, you know, Harbaugh, he didn't look good after that game, that's for sure. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> well, let's jump into the actual uh, games for this week and the posted lines for the circuit contest to try to whittle it down to our, our you know, select few that we will pick from for our contest. We won't talk about much about tonight's game, but, but Washington is a three-and-a-half-point favorite at home against the Giants. It opened at three. I know it's kind of gone up, you know, maybe maybe around the four range now. If you look at those numbers, uh, the total is 40-and-a-half. You know, this is – it's down from 43 at the opener. You know, this is one of these classic kind of, you know, road dog division game, really low low total um, you know, everybody that I hear, at least Josh Applebaum, who picks all underdogs like my partner used to last year, uh, is all over the Giants, and and I'm kind of inclined to see, see that too. I want Washington to win. Three and a half's a tough number. Yeah, and well, I think the Giants have had their number in the last couple of seasons. Yeah. Just pulling up the head-to-head, it looks like one, two, three, four, five games in a row. Now mm-hmm. the Giants have beaten Washington. So they have. a little bit of history there too, but. Barkley is questionable, and I'm watching the pregame here out in the corner of my eye. It looks like he's warming up, so um, that gives me a little bit of pause. And I really think that uh, the Giants just stink. (laughs) They they couldn't move it at all last week against Denver, and I think that Washington's defense actually underperformed in that Chargers game. And so they couldn't get on the field on third down. It was like 60 or 75 percent. Complete or um, conversion rate. Yeah, for the Char- and there's no way that the Chargers are going to be able to sustain that level. We can talk about that later. But right. uh, I like Washington. I don't think I would lay three and a half, but I definitely am considering putting them in as a survivor pick. 
Okay. Good call. Good call. Good point. I got to remember my survivor pick. So the second game is another kind of situation. It's a division rivalry. It's uh, the New Orleans is going to Carolina. Uh, So this is obviously off the big win for, for really both teams had good wins. Sam Darnold looked pretty good in the Carolina game. You know, Jameis looked incredible in the New Orleans game. Started off as a pick I don't know when that was set. 47 and a half. In our contest, it's three and a half. Consensus shows that it's three and a half and down to 44 point total. Uh, you like Carolina in this game. I understand why uh, division, you know, division opponent home getting, you know, getting three and a half points could be a letdown spot for the Saints. Is that your theory? Yeah, definitely. I think that the this is one of those numbers that I think has moved up from what it should have been just based on week one performances. I mean, right. obviously Carolina won, so it's not your classic like loser versus winner type of matchup. But I mean, the look ahead on this game was Saints minus three. And for a few minutes earlier this week, it got pushed all the way up to four. I was lucky enough to jump on Carolina plus four, and now it's settled in at three and a half. And my handicap is really just the Carolina rush defense. That defensive line has been really good in the last couple of years, and they just held the Jets to 2.6 yards per carry last week and 250 total yards. And I think even though the Saints played really well and Jameis had five touchdowns, you mentioned it, he only threw for 148 passing yards. It was really the running game that did the damage, and I think that Carolina's going to be able to suppress that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, the low total again, you know, this is kind of a, for newer listeners, you know, lower totals with spreads over three, that's kind of what you're looking for, right? You're looking for that value. Uh, you know, when you see these low totals, I mean, this is going to be a hard-fought game. So three and a half, that hook is just, it's begging you to bet it. So we'll talk in a minute. I don't know if I can get all the way on board with you on that one just because I think there may be some stronger teams out there. But I, I, I get the theory, and I, I understand what you're saying here. Okay. I do like I do also like the under in this game, <laughs> divisional game. You've already seen it go from 47 and a half to 45, and I think there's still a couple 45s available, which is a key number. Right, right, for sure. The next one is Houston, Cleveland. You know, Cleveland blew a pretty big lead to Kansas City, which, you know, Kansas City always comes back. Uh, Houston obviously got their win, probably, I said, on the season. But they're, uh, they opened as a 13-point dog on the road, meaning Houston, with a 45.5-point total. It's up to 48 now. Basically the same spread. It's 12.5 in the contest. It's a big number. I don't know if I can go with it. I certainly can't do it with Houston. I know that they played a good game, but Cleveland's kind of in a position where they got to win a game. They can't go down 0-2 and they're coming home. So now Odell Beckham, I don't know if you had that on your list. He's out too. He's still out. He ended up not even playing. He didn't even suit up, which is kind of weird. But at least Stefanski's kind of ending the nonsense, and he's he's ruling him inactive already at this point. Um, what do you think about this game? Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I, I definitely wouldn't see myself laying the points with the Browns, but I do think that they're going to win this game pretty comfortably. The The Browns' offensive line was graded at the number one offensive line last week against that Chiefs D, and I got a feeling that Nick Chubb and his cohorts will run all over Houston on Sunday. So I, I think this is a pretty good number and one I'm willing to pass. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Can you get on board with this one? The the mighty Bengals who got their win in overtime and actually pretty good against a Vikings team that was, I don't know what was with that team. Uh, they're going to Chicago, uh, my team, the Bears. Sure, the Bears open as a four-point favorite at home, 45-point total. 
In the contest, it's two and a half, uh, with a 45 point total still. I'm on the Bears, man. I, you know, I'm not saying I'm all in here. We know the Bears looked bad last week, but you know, the Rams were um, they were overmatched. I mean, the, Bear, the Rams are a good football team. The defensive line's great. Uh, two and a half's a nice number for a home team to me. Plus, I just kind of feel like the Bears. We, I was talking to my buddy Ulrich about it. They can't go 0-2 if they're going to try to make the playoffs. It's a big, big spot for them. And the Bengals, if you look at the Bears' schedule, this is the one they got to go after. They have a rocky schedule coming up. So that's kind of my angle. It's not really necessarily they're a better team than Cincinnati. I think it's kind of even, but under a field goal seems reasonable. Yeah, I mean, the line move really gives me some pause in this mm-hmm. game. I understand your perspective. I think that this is definitely one of those one team looked terrible on Sunday Night Football, no less, with standalone game and all of America watching on opening weekend. And on the flip side, the Bengals came out and beat a pretty good Minnesota team. So, of course, people are lining up to bet on the Bengals. The number has gone from four, although I'm seeing some ones on my screen, Wex. And wow. uh, I wish I had the Bengals plus four. It'd be a nice, juicy middle for this game. I'm but, kidding. Uh, bet Online has a one right now. Okay, interesting. So, International money all over the Bengals. It gives me a little pause, to be quite honest with you, but I totally get the value. I mean, there's, and I think that the Bears are going to be a little bit of a contrarian play as well. So, um, I mean, their offense was putrid. I know it was the Rams, but they had 4.7 yards per pass, and uh, Dalton just wasn't throwing it down the field. And I don't know, do you think that is going to change at all, or are they going to try to run this little dink-a-dunk offense? (laughs) I think they did it against the Rams. I mean, that defensive – I don't – is the Bengals' defensive line that good? I know that I've heard on the shows because, you know, we were obviously in the book. It's hard to pay attention to all the games, but – I understand that the Vikings, they really didn't get a ball across midfield, but once, you know, in, in most of the game until the end. Mm-hmm. So, the you know, Bengals really dominated the game, even though they almost blew it. So, you know, maybe they're onto something here. I guess I just kind of feel like the Bears defense, they still have a good defensive line. And I think they will take advantage of the Bengals, you know, offensive line. It's really more will they give up the big plays. I mean, the Bears gave up huge plays in that game to Van Jefferson and Cooper. I mean, Cooper Cup had like an 80-yard bomb or something. You can't do that. Jamar Chase had a big catch. He, he did catch it, America. Uh, so, you know, let, we don't have to go after this one. I just I think I'll be on the Bears' side this week, you know, which is surprising. You know, one thing I wanted to add to in that Minnesota game, that they had 12 penalties in the first half. So they were definitely moving the ball. They just couldn't get out of their own way in that first half. And they, I don't even think they hardly got it across midfield. So um, I definitely don't think that the Cincinnati defense is as good as they looked last week. Definitely uh, ranked well that just on last week's numbers, they're ranked second in rushing DVOA, but they're, uh, (laughs) they're certainly further down the list when you consider last year's priors. So I don't think we should throw it out. I, I was prepared to really battle you on this one, but (laughs) we might be able to uh, sneak Chicago in there late. We'll see. We'll see. Well, the next one is uh, Vegas traveling to Pittsburgh. You know, the Raiders, dramatic win, come from behind win, overtime win, exciting game. Derek Carr looked great. He was slinging it around. 
Uh, you know, this game opened as a five and a half point uh, favorite for Pittsburgh, 49 point total. Total's actually gone down to 47. In the contest, it's a six point total. So it seems to me, although consensus says five and a half, that this is kind of an anticipatory line by Circa, thinking this bet's going to, this, this game's going to get bet up for the Steelers, which may be a benefit. I'm actually on the Steelers here. I know they had a big win and it was mostly from defense and special teams, but I got to see a letdown from the Raiders here going across country and they're going to play great defense where I think the Ravens, their secondary was exposed. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, they couldn't guard Darren Waller on Monday night. And I think yeah. that Minka Fitzpatrick might have a little bit more of an answer against that man. So I, I, I like you. I like your pick in this game. I think that this is one of the supreme letdown spots of all letdown spots. The Raiders coming off of the huge Monday night opening the stadium with the crowd coming into the fir- for the first time. And now they have to go across the country for an early kickoff against Pittsburgh and that defense. I think that this has a chance to get ugly. And I definitely like the Steelers as well. I think this is probably the best teaser, one of the best teaser picks that I can remember in quite some time. You could pair up Pittsburgh with almost any other game and feel like that's a leg that's going to win. All they have to do is win in that case. Yeah, exactly. Tease it down to really zero to a pick on that'd be great. Um, so just so people don't know, haven't been listening since the beginning, teasers, you could kind of pair it up, you know, whether it's a total or another game and tease the, you know, the points down, you know, by six or so or up, uh, if you, if you so choose. In this case, he's saying tease down, which I like a lot. Uh, the next game is Buffalo and Miami. This is again, still the one o'clock time window. Another divisional, AFC divisional foe here for Miami. You know, going on the road, probably shouldn't have won the game, admittedly, but I'm glad we cashed the ticket uh, with a late fumble by Damian Harris. Uh, they open up as a four, uh, two and a half, or two and a half point favorite at home. No, no, two and a half point dog at home, 40 and a half point total. In the contest, the Bills are three and a half point favorites uh, with a 47 and a half point total. And everybody was on the Bills. Uh, and we talked about them. I like the Bills generally. They didn't like them in that first matchup. It proved right. Uh, their offense looked out of sync. Miami played what they played. They're a grind them down to game. That's what they're going to do in this one. If they can control pace, I think they really like it. I know you're on the Bills. I like Miami here. I don't know. Talk me into the Bills. I don't think I can get on board with you here. You know, home team, three and a half points. Yeah, but, I mean, you were right. They should have lost on Sunday. And <laughs> thankfully for us in our contest pick, um, Damian Harris fumbled in a crucial situation. And Tua was able to run the clock out. But I think this is a really distinct matchup advantage for the Bills. They've won five straight games in this series with really much of the same coaching staffs and um, and and game plans. And they're the Bills offense, although they didn't score a lot of points last week, they really had a lot of success against Pittsburgh. They put up 4.7 yards per carry against that Pittsburgh defense and almost 400 yards of offense. Um, what really shot them was the red zone conversion where they only scored a touchdown one out of four trips. Right. Um, I, I, on the flip side, I'm just not sure. I mean, historically this matchup has featured a ton of points. I think they've gone over the last three or four matchups. And I think that this game has the opportunity to be another shootout. And I I think that makes the, the three and a half a little bit less valuable when you're looking at it from the Miami perspective. And uh, it makes me want to side with the Bills, too. 
Also, when you look at the line comparison last week against Pittsburgh, they were laying six and a half. And so if you remove that uh, two-point two home field advantage, it's like four and a half. And now they're only three and a half on the road against Miami. So the, uh, that tells you that Miami and Pittsburgh are only a point and a half difference. And I'm not sure I would buy that uh, when you compare the two. Okay. I mean, I, I know your theory, and I don't I don't think you're wrong. Uh, I think the Bills are going to probably win this game. Uh, that hook scares me, dude. I yeah. mean, it scares me. It scares me, and it's you know I know that's why they put it in the contest because if they put it at three, probably everybody would go with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's put it as a yellow, okay. you know. Maybe you could talk me into it, and maybe I just on my own side I can I can bet Miami and feel good about it or, or tease them, you know, <laughs> get them up to get them yep. up to nine, nine and a half. Um, but you know it's that Miami red zone offense or defense is really good. I don't know what they do, what Flores does. He puts some stuff in the water for those guys. They don't give up a lot of red zone scores. You saw it last week, too. Uh, the Patriots got stymied. I think they even – didn't they intercept one inside the five as well? I think that saved our bacon as well in that game. You know, they were just right there for them. So, anyway, let's go to the next one, the Rams against Indianapolis. This is uh, – you know, the Rams are on the – you know, they're hitting the road this time. They were they going across the country to your Colts. The Colts, their second home game. They kind of got blitzed last week. Um, Three-point favorites for the Rams, uh, 45.5-point total on the opener. And the contest is 3.5. Consensus says 4 with the 47.5-point total, so the total ticked up. You know, it's one of these things. Could be another letdown spot for the Rams. I just didn't like Carson Wentz. You know, we we talked about them last week. We were considering them in the contest. Thank God we didn't take the, the Colts. They didn't look good on either side of the ball, in my view. And Wentz just, I don't know, I, what's the matter with this guy? Maybe he's not a good quarterback. I, a lot of people were clamoring him at the book, just destroying him. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't disagree. He didn't look good, and, you know, it just doesn't seem like this team is as good as we thought they'd be. Yeah, they definitely didn't play well last week, only 336 yards. And uh, they they also got a late touchdown, which made the mm-hmm. line, uh, the final score look better than it really was. Um I, I'm with you. I don't think that uh, I would be running to the window to back Indianapolis here, but this one is there's a lot of value on the Colts. Mm-hmm. I think this just the flip side of the Bears and Bengals that we talked about. You have a team that came off a Sunday night football romping, and everyone is looking to back L.A. in this spot to the yep. tune of, I'm guessing, probably 60. Let's, see, let's look at the bet splits. 70% of the bats are on the Rams and right. uh, it was the look ahead line was only two and a half. So now it's up to four, three and a half in the contest might be telling us a little bit something about where the right side is. Yeah. And Applebaum, you know, the guy from VSIN, he's all, he's always all over the, the dogs, but he sees this as, you know, West coast team coming to the East coast, even though Indianapolis is in the Midwest, but they're on East coast time zone. Mm-hmm. You know, he's all over India in this one for three and a half. It's hard. It's hard for me to back teams that I don't have faith in right now. It's only been one week, though. So yeah. I'm you know, happy. we weren't even sure was going to start. So we'll see. I mean, maybe we can consider it if we're kind of on the fence here. I'm hoping we got some more. We're running out of picks here. To, I'm happy to, to sit this one out and watch Indianapolis once again. I think you're probably on the right track there. Right. All right. Uh, another game in the 1 o'clock window is San Francisco against Philly. Uh, San Francisco stays. I'm hoping they stayed out here in the Midwest and go to go to the East for this one to play Philly. Both you know win both winners in Week One. 
Uh, four point favorite for San Francisco at Philly, 45 and a half point total. And the contest is all the way down to three with a 50 point total. So it looks like either the betting public or somebody's moving this number towards Philly. Um, I don't know. I mean, uh, obviously Hurts looked good. Uh, they played a bad team though. San Francisco obviously played a bad team and let them in the back door almost. Uh, you know, <laughs> we didn't mention that. Prime almost lost it, t- tried to tear up. <laughs> he put all his cash in on San Francisco, our pick, and man, he got a push. He had to sweat out that push for the eight. Um, and San Francisco was clearly the best team you know, in that game. They just kind of let it up and maybe the fatigue, I was writing about that in the you know, blog post, fatigue definitely set in for some of these teams. What do you think about this game? It's an interesting number. It is really interesting. And, uh, you know, at first I thought well, this really looks depressed in terms of the um, the three. But when I went mm-hmm. back and looked at the look ahead lines, it actually was only projected to be a three and a half. So right. not a huge move, although going from three and a half to three is certainly a, a big move when you're talking key numbers. Yep. And, you know, I, the Philadelphia line just played really well last week. And I was really uh, look, thinking that I would be lining up to back the Niners here, but I have some hesitations because of that. I think this could be a potential letdown spot. And Hertz was awesome too. We didn't even mention him. So I, uh, I'm i thinking that I might be passing. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's Philly or pass, which is weird for me to say okay. because you know Niners are my Super Bowl pick, not to win it, but to get, it, get there. It's hard to play these back-to-back on the road, even though they've done it before where they've kind of been road warriors early in the season. I think one season, San Francisco was on the first three games on the road. Uh, But, you know, Philly, are they that far removed from being bad last year? No, you know? Yeah. Uh, So, I mean, commitment to the run, and obviously Hurts is dynamic. It's really, like you said, if the defense can hold up against that run game, which, you know, maybe they can. You know, Mostert's out. You got the new guys, Garoppolo, make him throw. That's the way to beat him. So. Yeah, and Brandon Ayuk, who knows what's going on with that guy. He cost me a couple of fantasy games last week with his donut. So right. I know that Curtis Samuel, I'm sorry, uh, Debo Samuel had a big game in his place. He did. All right, let's get to the next. There's two more games in this 1 o'clock window, a lot in this window. Uh, Denver is going to Jacksonville. If we mentioned Jacksonville, uh, Denver opened as a 2.5-point favorite. 43 and a half point total on the road at Jacksonville. It's now up to six in the contest, and that's the consensus. 45 and a half point total. You know, the Broncos did play great against the Giants, who stink. We know Jacksonville stinks. But this is another one we just talked about. Everybody's going to be lining up to bet Denver. Six points is a lot in an NFL game. It's their first home game. Jacksonville's got to play better, right? Oh, I hope so. It's not really hard to go over that bar, though. <laughs> Only one way to go. Uh, I'm with you. I, I mean, I really, I think that Denver is going to smash in this game. This is my uh, second teaser leg, I think, okay. of the week. I, I like Denver to win this game, but this op- look ahead was two and a half. So when you're talking about two and a half and now six, it's really hard to line up and, and go on that side. But I'm not sure that I want to put a contest pick behind the Jaguars either. No, I, I, I knew you'd say that, but, you know, I had it out there. And, you know, maybe I'll bet the Jags. I'm not going to bet money line, but, you know, it's it's a good – it's and then this is a good teaser. You know, this is another teaser one. Put them up to 12, you know, plus 12 at home. Come on. It's almost not a gimme, but we'll see. So 
Low total too, super low total, forty three and a half. Although it's ticked up to forty five now, but those right. six points are a lot more valuable with a forty five total. That's right. How about this one? Can I interest you in a Jets game? I know you love the Jets. Yeah. Uh, so New England at the Jets. Uh, it's a you know, New England open. They obviously had the tough loss with you know your guy Mac Jones. I know you already got his jersey on order. It's on back order because everybody <laughs> loves this guy. Uh, they open as a three and a half point favorite on the road, 44 point total. In the contest, it's five and a half, so pretty big line movement. 42 and a half point total went down. We're both on the Patriots, though, right? They're not going to lose two in a row in the division. And it's really more for me, and I really like Zach Wilson. I think he played pretty good in the first week. You put that up against Belichick, he's going to have a game plan that's going to stymie him. So. We'll take the five and a, or we'll lay the five and a half, right? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, we mentioned it earlier, but Mackay Becton is now out for the Jets, and with him in the lineup, they gave up six sacks last week to Carolina, and the right. Patriots' defensive line I think is going to be in the backfield and pressure and Wilson's face throughout the game. I think this is a great pick. I like the Patriots too. Woohoo! We got a consensus green one. There we go. There we go. <laughs> All right, let's move to the 4 o'clock window games. There's only uh, four this week. Uh, we've got Minnesota going to Arizona. Minnesota has to open two on the road, which isn't great. Uh, they didn't play very well. They kind of blew the game at Cincinnati with the you know, with the fumble by Delvin Cook late. Uh, so here we go. They, they open as a two-and-a-half-point dog on the road at Arizona, 49-and-a-half-point total. Cardinals looked like, gang, like gangbusters. Now they're three-and-a-half-point favorites at home, 15-and-a-half-point total. You're on Minnesota, right? Yeah, got to be. I, <laughs> I I definitely wouldn't touch Arizona in this game. But right. to be honest with you, I don't know that I want to play Minnesota either until I actually see something out of them. Something tells me that there's some turmoil going on there um, just with their performance last week and throughout the preseason, even though I discounted that in our handicap last week. I, <laughs> I would like to see them prove it once here before we put our hard-earned cash behind them. No, I agree with you 100%. I mean, trust me, you know, I know you've got Kyler Murray. You want to see him light it up. I've got, you know, players on, on that team as well. Minnesota was disappointing. And Zimmer, I thought that they'd be pushing for a playoff spot. I just thought that they had enough, you know, of a roster. But this is a, this is a situation. He better get his team together. He could be, he could be really on the hot seat for getting fired. I mean, he's not, he's been a successful coach, but, when you look at the last couple of years, they have really underperformed. So, um, and Arizona's on, you know, on the rise. Let's skip that game. How about this one? Atlanta and Tampa. <laughs> These are bad lines. Uh, Tampa obviously won the game, but they didn't cover against the, the Cowboys. Divisional rival in Atlanta, who sucked. They opened as a 10.5 point favorite at home, Tampa, with a 52 point total. It's the same total, but it's up to 12.5 in the contest. Can you really lay 12.5 in this contest, though? No. <laughs> No, I would only look to one side in this game with Atlanta, but uh, I I don't know. We, that could be like six or seven down the list. I, I mean, I do think that the Tampa Bay rush defense is really going to put a stop to Mike Hill or what's his name? What's the running back's name? Mike Davis. Thank you. Mike Davis. I was thinking Brian Hill, Mike Davis. So yeah. it's definitely going to fall on the shoulders of Matt Ryan, and I just wonder if the Falcons offensive line is going to be able to hold up to give him enough time to push the ball down the field. Dak Prescott really lit up that Tampa Bay secondary last week, and I think that's the only way the Falcons could cover. Yeah, I mean, but Dallas, although Gallup got hurt, Dallas has three legit wide receivers, mm -hmm. you know, 
and a great running back. So Atlanta, as we talked about, you got to use the new tight end in Pitts, and you've got Ridley. You don't have Julio Jones anymore. You can't quite spread the field out the way you know Dallas can. I don't think a lot of teams can do that. So I think Tampa might come out. They might not be the 12 and a half, but they're going to smash this team. It's just you know it's, it's the first divisional game. They got to get it going, and you know people think that they're not they're vulnerable after last week. Maybe who knows? Yeah, true. Here's a game I think we're both on the same side. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, and this is an interesting contest line. Tennessee is going to Seattle. Seattle came off the big win on the road. Tennessee looked like shit. So, of course, it opens a three-and-a-half-point favorite for Seattle with a 49-point total. Total's all the way up to 54. In the contest, it's six, where you have con- consensus at five-and-a-half. We're both on the Titans here, right? I mean, I think Seattle's a pretty good team. I know Ridgeway dog, dogged our – she listened to our podcast, at least. Thank uh-huh. you, Ridgeway. But she was like, oh, you didn't like Seattle, huh? It's like, well, yeah, okay, Seattle played good against the Colts team that looked like garbage. And they get the Titans. Maybe they outmatch the Titans, but – in my view, six points is a big number, and I don't know if Seattle can stop the run. I mean, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I uh, this is another one that was the you know who's rising, who's falling after week one. A look ahead number on this one was four and a half, and now it's up to six. And I I set some alerts on my app today, and it touched six and a half, and I thought it was going to go to seven at one point. So wow. if it reaches seven, that would give me some pretty serious concern about who the Sharps really think is the right side in this one. So, right. I mean, on the surface, I do agree. I think that the value is with Tennessee, but the offensive line was so bad last week. They were. And I don't know much about Seattle's defensive line, but I certainly think that Tannehill could be under a little bit of pressure again this week, which could make right. it difficult. And their defense is not any good, so I think that Russell Wilson is going to have his way. And uh, it's going to be a lot of points in this one. 54 is the total. Do you think that the new, obviously they have a new offensive coordinator in Seattle. Uh, obviously he was allowing Russell to cook, as they say, but <laughs> we'll see if Pete Carroll will pull the reins in there. Um, we know that Tennessee gives up the long ball. I mean, God, I mean, Russell Wilson's not quite as quick as uh, Murray, but he can get on the edge as well. So maybe it is a stay away game because you know, Seattle is definitely going to score in this game. I do agree with the move on the total going up by five yeah. points. But, right, uh, definitely. Maybe, right. maybe six points is a less value when you have a game that's pushing almost 60 points. Yeah, man, looking at the splits from last week, Arizona threw it on 50% of their pass plays, and they still put up 8.8 yards per pass attempt. So okay. Kyler Murray was cooking as well. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't know. I think this move kind of tells a story, to be honest. I was... I had set the alert and maybe would wait around for a seven, but I, uh, I'm i not sure that Tennessee is the play. Right, right. Okay. Well, we still got a couple more on the card we can pick from, and I think we like these. So Dallas is going to the Chargers. Dallas looked really good on Thursday. Of course, they get a little bit of added rest, too, with this game. The Chargers, I mean, won a hard-fought battle, benefited from the turnover in Washington. So the Chargers open as a three-point favorite at home, 50-point total. It's all the way up to 55 and three and a half in the contest. I did originally like the uh, over in this game, but yeah. <laughs> for me it's too much. 55 is too high. I don't know. But um, I, I like Dallas here, three and a half. I, I don't know. Again, and we like the hook. I like the hook in this situation. The Chargers are a good team. I do think they're going to be good this year, but Dallas can score. And I think that, you know, the Chargers, 
they're going to have to actually play some defense in this game like they didn't against Washington. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look ahead on this one was two, L.A. minus two, now out to three and a half, which is a little curious for me. I, mm-hmm. Like you, I thought Dallas performed well in the standalone game on Thursday night. And mm-hmm. uh, the Chargers really didn't do much in terms of the running game. I know that Eckler was non-existent, yeah. and yeah. I was reading that they were actually taking him off the field on some third downs in favor of the rookie running back Larry Roundtree because of his mm-hmm. pass protection abilities. So mm-hmm. That was an interesting nugget. But I agree that I think that Dallas uh, is has some value here at three and a half, even without Gallup. I think they're still going to be able to uh, pass the ball. And, and that offensive line has held up. Leal Collins is still going to be out, I think. So one lineman down. But uh, Dak is certainly looks like his normal self. And that gave me some positive vibes last week. Well, as you said uh, earlier, they converted at like 70 or 75% on third down. They only scored 21 points. Um, <laughs> like, I don't know how that's possible. But it was just late in the game. They, I mean... We were watching the game. Keenan Allen, I mean, the bunch formation. Please, God, stop trying to follow the guys in the bunch. Just take the guy to your side. You know, play some zone on these guys. And Herbert, I mean, look, he played really well. He's got a nice arm. I really like him as a player. But if Dallas can get him in a shootout situation, maybe he makes some mistakes, you know? And so, I don't know. I, I, I like I like Dallas in the spot. What do you think about the total? Do you think this is an under at this point at 55, or you still would push the over? No, I wouldn't play it under at all. I, I like mm-hmm. you, and apparently the rest of America really like the over <laughs> in this game. I, what I would probably do is uh, make a note of that and see if it starts out a little slow. Look for a live number, like 51, 52, somewhere in that range. Try to put okay. it in a live bet. Gotcha. All right, so now the Sunday night game and Monday night game. We said we were going to stay away from it, but I see there's notes below. Uh, Kansas City is playing at Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore, or Kansas City opened as a two and a half point favorite on the road, 53 and a half point total. In the contest, it's three and a half with a 55 point total. Baltimore getting back to back, you know, primetime situations. Kansas City, we know what they can do. Unfortunately, Kansas City owns these guys in them head to head, but I like these points, action. I think Baltimore, you know, they didn't play great in the second half of that game. And, of course, Kansas City is a second-half team. But I just kind of feel like they can't go down on two in the AFC and lose these big two AFC games, and they're going to come up and, and play a great game. Um, what do you think? Uh, I, don't, I don't think I could back the Ravens. They've lost three in a row, you mentioned, to basically the same teams the last three yeah. seasons. They have. Kansas City's got them. And uh, I think they did cover in one of those. They were catching six and a half one year, maybe the first year. Probably on the road, yep. But they have not covered in the last two, and I, I think you know we'll we'll get to Lamar Jackson, but the defense is what surprised me. They gave up 500 yards against the Raiders on Monday night, 6.1 yards per play. It was not a characteristic Ravens performance. Right, right. But you're but you're okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna challenge you here. Not right. that you have the Ravens board, but. Is that an overreaction? It's week one. You know, maybe they're going to fix some stuff. You know, obviously the line tells you the story. It's gone up a full point on the road, right? I mean, we know the Chiefs are great, but if this game was played, you know, whatever, like you said, it would probably be. I mean, can you see the Ravens not being – I mean, were the Chiefs favored last year? But Did they go on the road to, to uh, Baltimore last year and they were favored? Yeah, I think so. I think it was three. Oh. I can look up the number here quick. Okay. Okay. Um, 
I, you're right, dude. There's there's value on the Ravens if you're looking at it from a pure numbers perspective. But right. I, there's just some sort of malaise over them. I know that Lamar Jackson is coming off of COVID. I, I don't recall how long ago it was, but he right. just didn't look like his normal self. He had three fumbles and lost two of them yeah. on Monday. Fall. And, I mean, they have – they have other injuries too. Jimmy Smith didn't play, and I think that he would have been the guy to lock up on Waller. And obviously, right. they missed him. And now they have to face Travis Kelsey. So, right. Uh, right. I, I just don't see how anything is lining up good for the Ravens in this one. Will you go in Kansas City then? I would consider that. Yeah, I have a feeling it might be a semi-popular pick. Although yeah. you, you got to figure that a lot of the sharp players in this contest are going to take the Ravens just because it's valuable. You know, right. so I don't know. Maybe it's a game. Maybe we should try to stick to our preseason plan and just pass. But not the Sunday Monday games. Huh? Yeah. Although I do like the Packers. We could talk about that next. But um, I, hey, I gotta say it too. I, I made some notes here. Kansas City's mm-hmm. defense was not good either. We gotta say oh. that. 457 yards against Cleveland and 8.2 mm-hmm. yards per play against Baker and company. So I yeah. do I do think that Baltimore should move the ball. Yeah, Cleveland Cleveland was all over the place. They were they were all up and down on that team, and it was just kind of a I don't know couple of plays. They gave up a 75 yard bomb to, to Tyree Kill. Uh, didn't they have another? What was it? Was it a? Oh yeah, the punter. The punter couldn't handle the snap, and then he ran it out, and got, they got stuffed at the 10 yard line. Right. I mean. They they were they were up in that game. They had the game. They gave it away. So I think Cleveland's really good this year. You know, I, I'm on board with them. But I guess what I'm trying to think too is just kind of we talked about the line for Cleveland last week. Where were they six point dogs on the road or yeah. something? So that's essentially three on a neutral. You know, we're basically saying that the Ravens are sick. They would be it would be the same six and a half if they were playing in Kansas City on a neutral would be. Right. I mean, trying to trying to think about the the teams going into the season, we wouldn't have put it there. But you're right. The injuries have affected Baltimore. They could be like San Francisco last year where they're just cratering. So I'm okay to stay away. But I I think all the sharps are going to be on Baltimore, like you said. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I looked up the number last year. It was Kansas City plus three in that game, actually. I thought, and I think that we went with them in that one, perhaps. Mm-hmm. So it was one of these things that they shouldn't, you know, whatever. Those teams are more like even, you know. It's a big line move from a year. Just to okay, step so, back on one thought, though. So would you yeah. concur that Cleveland and Baltimore should be about equally rated at this point I in the season? Be. I think they should be at this point. I think going into the season, yes. I think after Monday, the first week's performance, no. Because I think I think Baltimore didn't play as good as Cleveland, but I think if you put those teams teams on a neutral field beginning of the season, you know, just numbers wise, yeah, those two teams are really close. I think that's why they're really close to win the division. And mm-hmm. I do like Cleveland a little more with the injuries now. But we're talking about what half a point or a point. We're not talking about three points, you know. Yeah. So that's kind of where my my thoughts were at. Okay. Well, let's talk about the last game. The Monday night game is Detroit against Green Bay. Uh, Detroit obviously came back somehow. You know, <laughs> Schwa is trying to pedal Jared Goff on me with his 30 fantasy <laughs> points. Nice. Trying to take him back from me. I'm like, come on, bro. Come on. Goff sucks. And then Green Bay, you know, laid an egg. It's three points. 
Green Bay Open is a 10-point favorite at home, 48-point total. Same total. They're 11 points in the in the contest. You know, you got to figure Green Bay is going to bounce back. I don't know if it's a smash spot, but, you know, division, dog, blah, blah, blah. This is Detroit, and they were getting crushed by San Francisco. Let's not forget, for like, whatever, three quarters and two minutes, they were down by, what, 30 points or something? I mean, it was kind of a miraculous comeback, to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. I I would only look at this game one way, and that's to lay it with the Packers. I I think this is a, have, has everything written on it about a bounce back spot for Aaron Rodgers and Co. And right. the loss of Jeffrey Okuda. I think I put it up there because I thought I think it's really big for them. He was like their only <laughs> defensive back who was worth anything, and now without him, I I don't know how they're going to stop the Packers. Right. Right. Okay. Well. Maybe 11 points is a lot. It's hard for me to yeah. sweat that on day. But um, well, let's review some of our picks. So just so we know we can get it down to a reasonable thing. And I may have to consult my spider bite on my face to get some luck here. <laughs> um, <laughs> Carolina, the divisional dog. It, we we kind of talked about this as possible. Is it is it four in our contest? I put four there. Is it, is no, it four? it's three and a half in the contest. Unfortunately, okay. not as good. Okay, I mean, I, I can maybe get there with you. We'll see. We're both on board with New England, right? The minus five against the, the rookie QB, so let's lock that in. We're on opposite sides with the Bills and Dolphins, and I, I kind of understand where you're coming from, but let's not do it. Okay. Tennessee, we were on the same side there, or we were backing off of that, though? Yeah, I have reservations about Tennessee. Okay. The Bears, it doesn't sound like you're going to get on board with me on the Bears with two and a half at home. I would home. consider that. I would consider that one. We can put that okay. in the maybe category. The Jags, it doesn't sound like you can get on board with me in the six points. Not in the contest, and I appreciate that. We're both on with the Cowboys, and that's three and a half. That's even a better number than we had before. So that's good. So that's two solid. Um, we're against each other right now with the Ravens and then the Packers. So it sounds like we got to take the Packers because we're only like 50-50 on some of these games. Yeah, perhaps we both liked Pittsburgh, minus six. I highlighted yeah. that one green. So that's okay. three pretty solid picks by my yeah, count. Put that on the card, and then we're going to have to decide, you know, we, Philly. Eh. Yeah. <laughs> I have a feeling so, that one's going to end up being a pretty popular pick by the Sharps, too. You think so? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, it kind of boils down to, you know, okay, I guess we're going to have to take the pack because, I mean, well, we'll see. I mean, we'll put that on the on the shorter list. It sounds like we've got the three solid, but we need to decide between Carolina, the Bears. I'm not going to get on you with Buffalo, brother. Okay. Um, Philly and then Green – well, Green Bay, I guess. Yeah. Went there. So. Yeah. All right. Well, this is what we do, America. We just talk about it, and then we kind of revisit on Saturday. I'll be at the volleyball tournament on Saturday action, so let's – you know, I'll hit you between a break, and we can talk about it between games. I'll be panting and sweating and drinking Modelo's with my buddies, and, you know, shout out to my Modelo buddy who's not in the tournament, but I'm sure he'll be around. What happened to uh, Topo Chico? Did it fall off oh, the menu? I'm a Topo Chico guy, I'm, but I'm more of a distributor. Oh, well, that's that's I mean, I'll drink, like, three Topo Chicos during the tournament, but I'm, I'm a Modelo cool-down guy, so it's – Actually, they they say that drinking the carbs, you know, especially with the Modellos during the game, you know, gives you energy. Oh, that's what yeah. they say. I'm sure. It gives me <laughs> energy too. <laughs> Plus, it supports our buddy, you know, Gallagher, who you know works for the company and never get a free sample. Thanks, thanks. He's not listening. So, <laughs> uh, well, let's go over where we're at in the contest. 
Uh, you wrote it down here. Thanks. I should have re referenced this. 4,087 entries here. Uh, 196 of them went 5-0, and 0, however, so that's a lot. And then a bunch of them went 4-1. We're basically in the top 20, 25% at, at 1,060 yeah. place. Tied with, we went 3-2 and two last week. That's solid, solid start. We like it. We said it. If we can go 60% all year, we'll definitely be in the money. Uh, it would be nice to build up a little lead before that point because we know we'll hit the skids at some point. So, um, you know, not bad. Not a bad start, actually. Yeah, I'm feeling great about where we are at. 60% in week one is fine. I don't mind about the 5-0. and Oh, I did want to mention, I heard on the radio this week, the breakdown of the quarters this year is 5-4-5-4. Five, four, five, four. So we get okay. an extra week in this quarter to start the season. Okay, so the first quarter is the 5 versus the second quarter? Yep. 5 for the first quarter and 4 for the second quarter. Okay, and then it's 5 and then 4 versus 4 then 5 at the end? Okay. Yep. Gotcha. Okay. Well, good to know. So we've got a little extra week to catch up on the field, which is good. Um, so, okay. Sounds good. All right. Well, you know, let's let's do this. We'll reconnect on Saturday and make our final picks. We'll get our proxy who, who met us out there. We forgot to mention, you know, what do we say? It's it's DWJ Ward Enterprises, who's a, a super proxy from, you know, he's, he's located in Henderson, but he can make your picks in, in uh, Nevada. So thanks to him. And uh, be ready to make it make it happen this weekend. That's right. We'll be sad that we won't be at Circa on Saturday morning to make our picks, but we'll be back there soon enough to collect our cash. That's right. Collect the cash. So, well, follow us at Side Action Pod on Twitter. Follow me at uh, Wegspool on Twitter and Instagram. And follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. All right. Good luck, everybody. That's a wrap for this episode of the Side Action Podcast. We appreciate all of your listens, and thank you for joining us. We'll see you all again next week on Thursday for some more hot picks and side action. podcast its owners and associates take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the show hosts or their guests statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of this podcast and opinions between talk show hosts may conflict individuals following the advice given on the podcast accept their own risk of losses from wagers made as the side action podcast its owners hosts associates or guests will not guarantee any advice given the opinions and advice given on the side action podcast is for entertainment purposes only Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Intro and outro and transition music credits. Song titles, Jerry 5 and District 4 by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.org. License under Creative Commons Attribution 3.0. CreativeCommons.org backslash licenses backslash by 3.0.